I'm just praising God to see you. So many people were going away this week, and I was wondering if it was going to be like that rap song, just me, myself, and I. And I am just grateful that you're here. And God bless you, uh, Jeffrey. You know, all the praise and worship singers, they went off on vacation, but you. Uh, God bless you. God bless you. Amen. Don't take it for granted. They're probably watching live stream saying, go, Jeffrey. Uh, Why they're in bed. They're saying, go, Jeffrey. <laughs> uh, well, Psalm 37, verses 3 through 7. Uh, it's one of my favorite portions of Scripture because I needed it. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land this is the New King James Version, and feed on his faithfulness. Wow, you didn't even know, you, we, we did not communicate. Delight yourself also in the Lord. Do you know that the, the word Eden means delight? So when God says delight yourself in the Lord, he's saying come back to Eden. Come back to the beginning where there was no sin. There was no sin. Come back. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will give you the desires of your heart. Now, please understand, it doesn't say he will give you what you want. What that means is that you will be so in sync. Some of you know use Bluetooth, okay? You'll be so in sync with God that he will download his desires into your heart so that your desires will be his desires. I just helped some of you because you've been going to God with your shopping list and wonder why he's not responding. He's like, that's not what I want. Ah. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him and you will bring it to pass. No, no. He shall bring it to pass. Turn your name and say, neighbor. Yeah. Stop trying to help God out. Okay, 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 okay. Been there, done that. Wrote, okay. Trying to help God out. Okay. Uh, we don't need any more Ishmaels. Praise the Lord. He shall bring forth your justice as the noonday. Rest in the Lord. Wait patiently for him. Do not fret. I, I want to talk to you on the subject 2020. Will it be a leap year or a stuck year? Ask the person next to you, is 2020 a leap year or a stuck year? Is it, is it going to be the same as 2019? Many of you realize that 2020 is not only a new, set, a new year, 
It's not only a new decade, but it's actually a leap year. A leap year means that it's going to, there's an extra day in the year. So uh, particularly in the month of February, uh, February is added an extra day. So there's 28 days in February, but every four years there's a leap year and February gets an extra day. And I really believe that this is a season where God wants us to leap and make some great strides in him. This is the leap year. This is the year where God is saying it's time for many of us to get unstuck. This was my go-to scripture when I was waiting on the Lord for Carmen. Uh, the Lord told me at 19 that Carmen would be my wife, and I had to wait five years on the Lord. And the Lord at 19 told me I would pastor this church, and I had to wait another 17 years for that. And I felt like I was stuck, but every time I went back to this particular scripture, rest in the Lord and wait patiently for him and stopped fretting. Now, I want to help some of you out because uh, 2019 was the year of rest, and some of you, uh, many of you are probably saying to yourself, where was the rest? There was no rest. It was more the year of restlessness. Well, part of it, the Lord was showing me now, and I was, because of my degree and discipline is in accounting, you always look at the end of the fiscal year to see how you did. Was it a net gain? Was it a net profit? Did we win? Did we lose? What? And so I started taking inventory of this year of rest. And I discovered from the Lord that he said to me, um, Brian, this image has been up all, all year. Matthew 11, verse uh, 28 to 30, where Jesus says, I will give you rest. And then uh, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, where he says, uh, let, us, let us labor to enter into that rest. And what the Lord is saying to me is that many of us have come into this, this season of rest not even asking God, what does he mean by rest? We've made assumptions that rest means I go on a sabbatical or rest means I, I, I slow down or I take it easy or I, I'm not rushing as much and all that is good and all that is godly and, and there is not a Sabbath. There's a, there's, there's a time when we need to say, press the pause button and say enough's enough, whatever's done is done and I'll leave the rest to God. But what struck me is Hebrews chapter 4, verse 11, where the, the, the writer says, let us labor to enter into the rest. And what he's saying is that it is, it takes work to rest. The new century version says it this way, let us try as hard as we can try to enter into God's rest. I want to give you a new definition of rest, which I believe has been the theme of this particular service and the theme we need to carry into 2020, if it's going to be a leap year 
and we will no longer get stuck. Someone put it this way. I saw this saying. It says, it is your attitude, not your aptitude, that will determine your altitude. Some of you, you think you need to get smarter to get where you need to go, and God's saying, no, you just need to change your attitude. Someone put it this way, I think it was Dr. Charles Swindoll, he said, life is 10% what happens to you and 90% your attitude. Mm. This word rest in the Hebrew, it, it means to be astonished with admiration and amazement. Rest in the Lord. Be astonished with admiration and amazement. In other words, it's as, as Kia shared a few weeks ago, we need to be like Mary who while all the activity was going on, she sat at the feet of Jesus. Are you with me? In Luke chapter 10 verse 42 and she sat with admiration and amazement just at Jesus' feet. And because she was focused on Jesus, she was able to not get caught up in Martha's drama. Some of you have too much drama going in your life because you're not at the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says to Mary, Martha says, Martha, leave Mary alone because Mary, listen to this, Jesus says, Mary has chosen the good part. Of course, the word good is in old English, which means God. Mary has chosen the God part. We must choose to be at the feet of Jesus because that is where rest is. Because you can go on vacation and still not be at rest. And many of you, you're in bed sleeping, but your mind is running. Turn your name and say he's talking about you right now. Some of you, you know, you're here right now in this service and I'm mad at you. Your mind is running about what am I going to do after service and, and I don't know. What am I going to go buy for New Year's and blah, 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 etc. And the point is, is that we need to be at the feet of Jesus and rest. Choose to rest. I love that song. It's an old time song, but it still means something to me, Mother Cummings, Mom Green. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory, yes, grace. That's the person next to you. How much time are you spending with Jesus? Mm -hmm. 
compare that with how much time you spend in social media or with your device. You know what's sad? Even when we're in the house of the Lord, some of you, even right now, still can't put down your device. Even right now while I'm speaking. See, it, it, it's so important. Some, some of y'all act like you are an emergency doctor. Like, like, what is so important that you can't turn off your phone to be in the presence of God? And you may say, well, my Bible's there, but yeah, but you haven't put it on airplane mode. Turn your name and say he's talking about you. That, that, okay. okay. <laughs> Think... Let me give you a secret. Think about it. Think about this. Think about this. Think about it. I'm not a, I, thank you, Edozi. I'm not a deep guy. <laughs> Alderoy, you, you, you have an engineering degree. Um, about how high am I standing? No, no, about, no. From here. Yeah. Yeah, about eight feet. No, Compton is which means I can see over the congregation. See, the ones who laughed already got it. So what makes you think I can't see, no matter how low you're going, how low can you go? Maybe one day I'll just call you and say, hey! Anyways, let me stop. To rest in the Lord is to be astonished, to be admiring him with amazement. This word wait struck me. This word wait in the Hebrew, I thought it meant, you know, okay, you're waiting for your plane to come. You're waiting for your bus. You're waiting for your train. You're, you're waiting for your breakthrough. The definition of this word wait, one of the definitions of the word wait is to dance and whirl around. <laughs> so wait on the Lord. <laughs> wait on the Lord. Any dads here? Dads here? dad's here. And I know like Brother Terry and Brother Sean, we have, well, I used to have little girls, now they're women. But there's nothing like, and help me out dads, there's nothing like when you come home and your child just, daddy! Can I get a witness, fathers? You're like, okay, how much do you want? Can I get a witness out there, okay? Where your, your child doesn't say, where you been all day? I've been waiting for you. <laughs> You'd be like, oh, oh, really? <laughs> and Merry Christmas to you too. See if you get some coals in your, okay? But, 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 but to have your child dance in the world and like, I can hardly wait to your home. That's the kind of waiting that God wants. 
what's quiet in here. Because some of you, you're waiting on the Lord for these 365 days in 2019, which will eventually be 365 days, has been filled with grumbling and complaining and murmuring and what's taking you so long and where you've been. Oh boy, that really induces God to bless you. <laughs> and you are stuck. And God is saying, it's time for you to worship me. Are you with me? It's time for you to whirl and dance and while you that's that's the waiting I want. That's the that's the waiting. That's the waiting I want. I, I'm I'm reading a book. I read a book called Prison to Praise. It's an old book by uh, Marlon Carothers. He has a book, Prison to Praise and the Power of Praise. And he and he got a one morning, sat at the end of his bed like many of us, just hating the day he was about to enter. And he said, the Lord said to him, and when I read these words, it was like the Lord says, Brian, this is the secret to rest. And the Lord said to him, why are you sitting at the end of your bed? And he said, like many of us, I'm just seeing the day ahead of me and I don't even want to get out of bed. And he said, the Lord said to him, Merlin, are you willing, watch this, for the rest of your life to give me thanks in everything? It is amazing how many of us, God show me your will for my job, show me your will for the college I should go to, show me your will for your spouse, show me, show me, show me and God is saying why should I show you that will when you won't even do the written will in front of you what is the written will in front of me 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 18 in everything give thanks because this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning the person next to me. God's will is for you to give thanks. And what, and what thanks means, it's a wonderful word, it, it, it means to appreciate. Now, depreciate means to decrease the value. Appreciate means to increase the value. And so what giving thanks is, it says, I am taking something that looks like a loss, but I'm going to give you thanks because somehow that thing that looked like a loss is going to appreciate to a gain because I praise you who controls everything. <laughs> Didn't say for everything. It said in everything. You can, you can give God thanks in the midst of tears. You can give God thanks in the midst of a broken heart. Thanks is not determined by how you feel. Thanks is an act of a will. If you're waiting to feel good to give thanks, you'll be waiting a long time. Are you with me so far? Give thanks in everything. In everything. 
Now, right out, you know how God will put you to the test. Uh, is Brother Quentin here? I think Quentin here somewhere. That's, yeah, yeah, okay. You may not know this, but you were my laboratory of life because right after the Lord told me for the rest of your life, I want you to give me thanks. You know, Quentin spent Thanksgiving, uh, Christmas with us. We had a great time. And, you know, he left and I was like, praise, you know, praise the Lord. It was a good night. Not, not, not praise the Lord because he left. No, we had a great time. Praise the Lord. And, and I get this call from him and I expect him to say I had a great time. He says, Bishop, it's 10 o'clock. I got a flat tire and I need to come back and get it fixed. And I was like, Jesus, because it was cold. It was, I mean, ain't nobody trying to fix, you know, I was just like, and God said, for the rest of your life, give thanks. And so when Quentin came, I said, God bless you, my brother. <laughs> Hallelujah. And it was a wonderful time. We actually had a good time. We worked, you know, we Work. My brother was amazing. Uh, I wish I had my brother's attitude. He was amazing. Like, sure, let's do this. I mean, he, he was like he was going to church. <laughs> but God is saying, can you give me thanks in everything? Are you following me so far? Uh, next picture. Next slide. Oh, nope. Other way. There you go. There you go. Julius Edelman. That is my dude. One of our members. Partners, I won't tell you who they are, so you won't rush them. Uh, they they did some uh, PR work for for the Gronk, Gronkowski, and so uh, they're not from Massachusetts. And Gronk gave them this jersey, okay, and and I was and they said, um, well, I'm not a Patriots fan, but my Bishop would love this, and I said, yes, <laughs> yes. And, and the reason why I didn't wear this uh, during the service, it wasn't because I was trying to be spiritual, but because Julius Edelman actually signed the back of this. Oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. That is my dude, okay? That is my dude, I, I okay. And and reason and any how many remember this catch? Okay, okay, okay. And and turn to the next. I mean, there's three dudes around him. Okay, and he made the catch, and everybody was saying, "No, you didn't." And he was like, "I caught it. I caught it. I caught it." And this is what I want to encourage you: is that is that if you and I are going to receive from the Lord, we are going to have to try. This man, the reason why he's my favorite patriot is because he's a fighter. 
And if you and I are going to come into what God has for us in 2020, we're going to have to try. T, fight. This man fights for his teammates. Secondly, R, you, you need to fight for receptions because some things just aren't going to drop in your lap. And thirdly, mm, this is what I like about him. You got to fight through injuries. Oh, my. You see, let me, let me, let me read a few scriptures for you. So we're talking about fight for your teammates. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 23 says, we must continue to hold firmly to the declaration of our faith. The one who made the promise is faithful. For you have need of patience that after having done the will of God, you may receive the promise. You got to fight for your teammates. See, I know football is in this color, but I want to make sure you see this. Every one of us are carrying a football for the Lord. It is God's plan, Jeremiah 29, verse 11, and it is God's promise, Hebrews chapter 10, verse 23. Every one of you are carrying something. Now, here's the interesting thing. You played football, right? Yeah, a while ago, but you played. Okay, now, now, if you're not carrying this ball, ain't nobody care about you. <laughs> I, I, I've never, there are 11 guys on offense. Are you with me? Nobody goes to the sideline and tackles the quarterback who is sitting on the bench. If you were a wide receiver, are you with me? And you, let's say you were on your 20-yard line. So you have to, just trying to explain, so you have to go 80 yards for a touchdown. Let's suppose you ran 80 yards. You got into the end zone and you're like, yay! The crowd will be looking at you crazy. Because first of all, you're running down the field and you're like, why isn't nobody chasing me? It's because you don't have the ball. I'm not a deep man. The point this is that this is the most important object. If the devil isn't after you, maybe it's because you're not carrying anything. This boy is preaching. Don't. You ain't carrying anything that he's after. And some of you, you taking hits financially, hits emotionally, getting blasted, getting hurt all through the year. Like, God, why is this happening to me? And he's like, look, you're carrying my dream. You're carrying my plan. You're carrying, it ain't about you. He's, he's trying to make you fumble the plan of God. It's called a 
turnover. Oh my. So many times you have to hold firmly to the profession of your faith. While the enemy hits you, you're still holding on for dear life because you know your teammates are depending on you to not drop God's plan. Why we applauded Evan, why we applauded Edozi, why we applauded Ezra. You need to understand that you're carrying the plan of God and your teammates are depending on you to score. What do you mean your teammates? People who God intends for you to meet in life are depending on you to carry his plan and not your plan. People are depending on me as bishop of this church to carry the plan of God and not the plan of Brian Green. That's why I need you to pray for me. I mean, just think about it. And this is, this is, this is, I don't, I don't want you to feel sorry for me, but I want you to understand the, the gravity of what I'm carrying. I've been married to this fine woman for almost 37 years. Okay? Okay? And, and the, so, the soberness of if I committed adultery, that would mess up everything. That would mess up people who look to our marriage as hope. I mean, it would mess up so many things. It would, it would mess up everything for you who are my teammates. And you may say, well, I'm glad I'm not bishop, but you're carrying something. <laughs> you, you need to understand, you're carrying something that somebody's depending on for you to score for the team. You're carrying something. That's why you took your risk. You're carrying something. You're carrying something. That's why you've been where you are for so many years. You're carrying something. You're carrying something. You're carrying something. You're, you're, yes, yes, you're carrying something. You can't afford to fumble. That's why I like about Julian Evan Edelman. He he knows it's for the team. You're, you're carrying something. It's 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 not about you. You're not just a dad to Michael and Andrew and Jonathan. You're a dad to others. I don't even know your name, but you're carrying something. A dream, a vision, a plan, a business. You're carrying something. So maybe, yeah, you're carrying something. You're carrying something. But I just take pictures, oh no, you're carrying something. You're carrying something. When you came to this church, you never dreamed that you'd be leading the worship, working full time. You're carrying something. 
a lot of responsibility. You're carrying something. But I'm almost 80 years old, but you're still carrying something. You're carrying something. You're carrying something. Mother Green, you don't even play football, but you're carrying something. <laughs> People are watching you. People are seeing, can, can this woman still rejoice with what she's going through? People are saying, when I get old, would I get bitter or better? You're carrying something, Mother Cummings. Every time people see you smiling. Yes. Almost 90 years old. You're carrying something. You're carrying something. You're, you're carrying something. You're carrying something. You're not just an artist. People look at your artwork and you get to see Jesus with them. You're carrying something. It's not just about, I mean, the revenue, that's just a benefit. But the real thing is God's plan, God's promise, God's purpose. You're carrying something. Keep that. You're carrying something. Remember this. That's why the hits, that's why the blows, that's why the devil's after your children. That's why the devil's messing with your kids. He, he don't care about your kids. He cares about what they're carrying. And any good defender, Colin, their job is, oh, this is a bad word right here. Their, their job is to separate you from the ball. And in this game of the enemy, there are no penalties for targeting. Come on, brothers, you know what I'm talking about. Don't, don't, you, he doesn't get thrown out of the game for dirty hits. So why are you looking at the referee? See, and some of you are upset with God because you're, God, throw a flag on the enemy. And God's like, whoa, this, this ain't no game. He's playing dirty. That's why he's called the enemy. <laughs> oh, man. He plays for his teammates. Secondly, oh, Jesus. He fights for his teammates. He fights for receptions. The Apostle Paul, let me move quickly. The Apostle Paul says in First Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 6, you became imitators of us and the Lord, for you received the word in the midst of a series of severe suffering with joy given by the Holy Spirit. Are you willing to receive from the Lord in the midst of severe suffering? Sometimes you're going to have to fight for a reception. Sometimes you have to fight for a reception. Let me end with this point. Oh, Jesus. Mm. Oh, my. He fights. Julian Edelman fights for his teammates. He fights for receptions. He fights through injuries. Oh, my. Oh, my. Oh, my. Can you fight through Injuries? Well, you mean when the devil hurts me and hits me? No, no, no. You mean sickness? No, no, no. Have you learned to fight through offenses? 
hey, we haven't seen you at church in a long time. Well, somebody talked about me, so I don't come that to church anymore. You, you, the devil has offended some of you out of so many churches. And sooner or later, we're going to offend you. I like the apostles. Jesus says in Luke chapter 7, verse 3, 4 and 5, he says, so watch yourselves. If your brother or sister sins against you, rebuke them, meaning correct them. And if they repent, forgive them. Even if they sin against you seven times in the same day. And... And seven times come back saying, I repent, you must forgive them. See, the apostles were real. When they heard this, they said, Lord, increase my faith. <laughs> Not faith for a car. Not faith to get a house. Increase my faith to forgive my brother. And Peter thought he was so spiritual. Lord. If my brother offends me, should I, offend, should I forgive him seven times? And the Lord said, no, seven times 70. Now, I don't know about you, but that's 490 times. I don't know what Bible we read when we think that God is okay with us being offended out of his will. He talked about me. They didn't choose me to sing the lead. <sighs> I suggested that the rug be blue, but they picked this rust color. I can't, I can't worship. Why are they always singing those worship songs? Why can't we sing some, have you tried Jesus? He's a, we always sing these Hillsong and Bethel and all these You, had a, you bought a pipe organ and nobody uses the pipes. I mean, come <laughs> and, and, and we get angry over the most foolish things. And the devil, oh, the devil, he will help you out. He will help you out. He'll help you out. He'll have you sitting there and you're looking over and the devil says, see, see. How come your sister, sissy, she came and visited the church and she ain't even sitting near you? Look, look at that. Why is she sitting behind Anita and not you? You're the first lady. <laughs> she likes, she likes her more. And, and, and the devil will start whispering. How many of you ever had, come on, how many of you been, come on, come on, let's have some fun. We've been in church all our lives, most of us. You know, someone mad at you and they're like, I'm mad, I'm upset. Why? Because you didn't talk to me. When did I talk to you? You, you remember, you were walking down the aisle and I came to you. I didn't even see you. <laughs> you mean, you mean we haven't talked for three months? Because I didn't say hello to you. When I didn't see you? Come on. 
And now you go to the bro, hey, how you doing? And they and they acting all cold like, oh, okay. You're like, well, what? What? I mean, <laughs> what, what did I do? Some oh you know I might as well just go there. Get out there. Get out there. Some of you, some of you are offended with your roommate, and I'm not talking about roommate. You mad at your spouse? Offended because. Take a pick. <laughs> I almost—I told you this story many times, but many of you knew. I knew. I almost broke up my marriage over spaghetti. <laughs> She's looking at me like, I, "Yeah, over spaghetti." Now, let me explain to you. So, I'm West Indian, West Indian, and if you're West Indian or African or you no know, Sunday, Sunday. <laughs> This is my mother. Sunday is rice day. See, 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 see? It is rice day. Shatabaka. Black eyed peas, rice, and gravy. Am I preaching to somebody now, okay? I married, I did my homework, I married a woman whose mother and father were born in Barbados. Bajans. So I assumed that on Sunday morning, after church, ah, after worshiping and being in church all day, ha, I was going to come home. Ha, and there was gonna be the gospel bird ha, called chicken. Ha. And then there was gonna be some rice and peas and gravy. And this woman said, I am making spaghetti and meatballs on Sunday. Sacrilegious, demonic. And I said, you can't make that on Sunday. <laughs> and she said, yes, I can. And I said, no, you can't. And she said, why not? I said, because it's wrong. It's wrong. It's wrong. It's like, you're not even Italian. I'll tell your mother on you. And so, the struggle went on for a moment. And Brother Richard, it is amazing how good spaghetti meatballs can taste on a Sunday. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, don't, 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 don't cheer her on, sit down. <laughs> break up my marriage over an offense. And, and though y'all were laughing, think of what family members you didn't spend time with because of some offense you can't even remember. Why, well, why aren't we talking? 
an offense that didn't even, that didn't even, this is a, this is a crazy one, uh, Reverend Karen, an offense that didn't even involve you. Well, why don't you do? Why don't you talk to them? Well, I don't talk to them because they, they you know, they made, you know, they offended my friend, who my friends offended a friend. And but did they offend you? No, but 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 that's my friend. And then we wonder why God's not hearing our prayers. Because you recited a nice little line when you were children, child. Forgive me my offenses as I forgive those who have offended me. And some of you are walking in unforgiveness. And I'm not talking about just you're not forgiving somebody. God has not forgiven you. Oh, yes. Why am I struggling? Why isn't doors open? And God is saying, because I have not forgiven you. But God, you forgive. No, 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 no. I told you that I'll forgive you as you forgive others. But let, let that rest for a while and and you will be stuck just as stuck in 2020 as you were in 2019 until you leave your unforgiveness in 2019 and just bury the hatchet and stop this foolishness so that your life can go on because not only are you mess with your life you're messing with people who are depending on God using you to bless them my final point, and then I'm going to ask you to participate in my sermon. Julian Edmund, I like him because he fights for his teammates. He fights for receptions. He fights through injuries, offenses. And he fights to get open. He fights to get open. My final point. Everybody with me so far? James says, therefore, ridding yourselves, this is James chapter 1, verse 12, therefore, ridding yourselves of moral filth and, and evil, humbly receive the implanted word which is able to save your soul. Are you open to do whatever God wants you to do? The thing that I like about Julius Edelman, those of you, how many are familiar with Julius, Julius Edelman? Okay. Julius Edelman, okay. And, and how many of you know that he, Julian Edelman, what position did he play in college? He, he played quarterback. He, quad, he played quarterback. But he realized if I'm going to make this team, I'm going to have to be open to change. Are you open to change? Are you open 
for God to put you in places that you don't want to be, but because he put you there, are you able to say, God, in the midst of me being in a place or a space or a circumstance that I don't like, I am just going to, right where I am, learn to give you thanks in all things. And so I'm going to help you. I like what Danny said in his message. I think if I'm, I'm going to kind of mess it up, but I, I got the general idea, and that is he said uh, that there's, there's scientific proof that if you are thankful, it'll reprogram your mind towards joy. I think that's kind of what, was that kind of what you said? Yeah. And so, so the more thankful you are, the more joyful you'll be. And Nehemiah chapter 8 verse 10 says, the joy of the Lord will be your strength. And people will like being around you. I'm trying to help you out. This, there's some people who don't like being around you because you're miserable. But I got good news for you. You're going to leave misery in 2019 and it's time for a leap year now I give you permission to take out your cell phone take out your cell phone and if you don't have a cell phone the ushers will give you this card it's a praise report card and this is what I want you to do this is what I want you to do Every week, my wife and I, uh, after our Monday, every week, we write a list that we call our Jehovah Sneakies list. And in that list, we write, we, we make a list of all the ways God has blessed us during the week. So, if you could see, I know it's tough for you to see, but this is my list. I got two more days. This is my list through Saturday. And this is all the stuff that God did for us. I got about 50 things this week. Now, I know you may say, man, God must did some real deep stuff. No. I'll tell you, very simple. Mark, I ran out of shaving cream. And I went to buy some shaving cream at Walgreens. And I looked at the price because I always want something on sale. And I said, I ain't paying that for the shaving cream. So I went back home and tried to squeeze whatever little bit I had. And I went to look for something else in our closet in the bathroom. And I found a whole can of shaving cream that I, and I was like thank you Jesus now I know some of you you need God to split the Red Sea before you give him thanks but I was just grateful for shaving cream and my point is is that what I want you to do right now musicians you can you can play some actually no you can no no you can you can you can rest for a moment I want you to write five things that you want to give God thanks for 
that occurred this year. This year. Five things. Five things. Nobody, listen to me, can I say, maybe look at me. Nobody can say unless, unless you were in some death-defying accident, you cannot say, I thank God for being alive, okay? You don't, you don't get to say that, okay? Okay? Uh, I, I want you to write five things that you're thankful to God for that happened this year. It doesn't have to be super big things. For some of you, I thank God that I graduated. <laughs> you know, for some of you, I thank God I got promoted. Five things. Five things. We're almost, we're almost finished. Five things. Thank you, Jesus. Five things. Lady Carm and I were thanking God that this year Vanessa didn't have to be hospitalized. So we're, we're thankful for it. Five things. Five things. The psalmist said, remember his marvelous works that he has done. His wonders and the judgments out of his mouth. Just five things. I'm going to give you one more minute and then I'm going to ask you to do one more thing. This is a nice interactive time. Five things. I used to sing an old time song when I think of the goodness of Jesus and all he has done for me. My soul cries out hallelujah. Praise God for saving me. Some of you may want to say, Lord, I thank you that I still have a job. Five things. Praise the Lord. Okay, 20 more seconds. Five things. Okay. Now, this is what I want you to do. I want you to turn to the person next to you and share with them. Share with them what you're thanking God for. Share with them. And if you're around, if, it's, if you don't have a, a person to pair up with, if there's three of you, that's all right. But I want you to share. Share what you're thankful for. Share what you're thankful for. God is good. This is the last thing we'll do and then we'll just pray over you. Now for some of you, 2019 has been a tough year, but during the toughness of the year, God has been good. God has been good. Some of you are grateful for your health. God has protected you. Yeah, yeah. This is good. This is good. If you want to, you can turn around and you don't have to 
doesn't have to be the person next to you, but share with them what you're thankful for. This theme of this service, the songs, was thanking the Lord. If you're, if you're watching live stream, if you're watching live stream, you can do this too. If you're watching in the lower sanctuary on close circuit, you, you can do that too. Share with somebody the goodness of the Lord, what you're thankful for. Give you one more minute. Thank you, Jesus. Think about this year. Thank you, Jesus. It's the year that we're getting unstuck for the rest of my life. I'm going to give you thanks for the rest of my life. If I want to enter into a place of rest, I am going to discipline myself to give you thanks in every situation. Not for every situation, but every situation. <laughs>